Igor Shesterkin parties like it's 2022 with a vintage performance. We break down his 30-save shutout and also discuss our not-so-great first impressions of the new-look power play units. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 1004 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off of your first purchase. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day, So the Rangers, uh, with a really hard-earned, very satisfying 2 to nothing shutout win of the Calgary Flames last night. I forgot to mention this in our last episode, but both teams came in hot. I mean, we knew that about the Rangers. They'd obviously won four in a row. Now you can make it five in a row. Uh, the Flames, too, though, went into last night's action with a four-game winning streak. And at the time, those are the two longest winning streaks in the NHL, current uh, winning streaks. Obviously, you know, we know the Oilers won like 16 games in a row not too long ago or whatever it was. But bottom line, Rangers and Flames were both hot going into this game, and the Rangers persevered for the win. And Igor Shesterkin pitches his 12th career shutout, his first of the season. It's a long time coming, but he got there. Uh, he almost scored a goal at the end of this one. So Igor Shesterkin came somewhat close to actually outscoring the team that he was going up against, single-handedly outscoring the team uh, that he was opposing. But I got to give a shout-out to Steve Valaket here because he called this during the first intermission. Now, at the time, it was still scoreless. Nobody had uh, yet to crack either goalie. This was quite the goaltending duel here between Igor Shesterkin and Jacob Markstrom. Um, but Valaket during the first intermission said that I don't think he's going to let one get by him uh, the entire night. And that's quite the uh, the prediction to make and to obviously hit on uh, the rest of the way because, as we know, you know, Igor has struggled at times this season, and he hadn't yet had a shutout. And on top of that, I, I should also point out the fact that this is no easy task for the Rangers. This is no pushover opponent. I know right now, Calgary, they're on the outside of the playoffs looking in, and, you know, they recently traded Lindholm, and it still looks like they're going to be sellers. But as I mentioned, they'd won four in a row, and their most three recent wins – from the most recent to least recent, these are the scores that they won by. They beat the Islanders 5-2, to two, they beat the Devils 5-3, to three, and they beat the Bruins 4-1. to one. So this is a team that's been putting up some goals and uh, obviously had a, a lot of chances in this game, created some opportunities for themselves, but Igor Shesterkin was up to the task. Something I love, too, you could tell when this game ended uh, how happy his teammates were uh, for him. There were a couple guys that kind of stopped and talked to him for a couple of seconds, a couple extra seconds, Jonathan Quick, you know, gave him a hug at the end of everything and uh, looked to be kind of pumping him up after Igor got that big win. Igor, or rather Quick, referred to Igor as the best in the world uh, not that long ago, and that's obviously high praise uh, coming from somebody like Jonathan Quick. But yeah, just just a great win for the Rangers and Igor Shesterkin leading the way. And to kind of go with uh, an advanced metric, we like to mix these in every, every now and again here on Locked On New York Rangers, but this is one that really stood out to me. This is from Evolving Hockey. Igor Shesterkin in that game last night, 
uh, was 3.18 goals saved above expected. So basically, Igor Shesterkin, given the amount of shots that the Flames got and the amount of you know opportunities that they got and high danger opportunities that they got, Evolving Hockey calculated the Flames as 3.18 goals is how many that they should have had. And Igor did not allow a single goal to get by him. That's obviously big-time hockey. This was his best performance of the season. And it's not just because of the shutout. Obviously, that helps make it stand out and kind of elevates the performance a little bit especially since it's his first of the season. But you watch him play in this game, and, and you can see where that prediction from Valakit came from. You watch him in the first period. Igor was cool, calm, collected, very confident, was making some tough saves. Uh, he was ready to go and just seemed to have that look in his eyes, just that that feel that, you know, this is my net and nothing's going to get by me tonight. Uh, Igor was fantastic. Cannot say enough about the job he did. He made some saves and some really clutch moments. You know, there were a couple saves down the stretch in the third period where he came up big. There were also, you know, every save that he made in this game occurred with the Rangers either tied or up by one goal. And a lot of them were very, very difficult. And so obviously, again, Igor coming up big, and that's when he's at his best. He makes all the big saves when you really need him to in the uh, you know, the low-scoring games, the clutch moments of, of whatever game it might be. Um, that's when Igor Shosturkin is at his best. And to kind of go through the periods real quick here, you know, the first period, I, I thought given that he got his first shutout, Given that he made 30 saves, let's go ahead and take a look at his best save from all three periods, or at least what I thought uh, was his best save from all three. So the first period, uh, there was just kind of a wild scramble in front of the Ranger net, and Igor ends up making a series of saves here. To begin with, nice play by Igor to aggressively poke the puck away. I thought that was good. Uh, unfortunately, the Flames basically got it right back. Igor had to make a point-blank save moving to his left. Then he had to move back to his right, made another pad save, just very sharp early. And that was kind of the moment. He wasn't tested that much in the first couple of minutes. It's the first time that he was really tested. But this is kind of when you knew that, man, that looks like vintage Igor Shosturkin. And there's no guarantees. You never know how the game's going to unfold. But it felt like he was going to have a really strong night for the Rangers. And of course, he ended up doing that. It already kind of had that feel early in the game. And obviously, Valaket noticed it and uh, put it into the, the atmosphere. And, and what do you know? Igor Shosturkin does indeed uh, come away with the shutout. And then the second period, you get Calgary on the power play, a really strong shoulder save by Igor. We get loud Igor chants. It's been a while since we've had those. It's nice to hear them again. And the fans know, you know, Ranger fans are very plugged in to what this team is doing. They know all the storylines. They know who's playing well, who's not playing so well. And obviously this has been a big storyline, not just for the Rangers, but really around the entire league. Igor Shosturkin, one of the truly elite netminders. And he's obviously been scuffling for chunks of this season. And they were aware of that. And I think, you know, they want to kind of give him a boost and, and get him going a little bit. And uh, hopefully that helped. You also had in this whole same sequence here on the power play, Zeri received a pass from behind the net and Igor stopped him point blank. And then in the third period, uh, you get a pass from the Flames to the right side to Anderson, a fast rising shot by Anderson. This is a phenomenal save by Igor, full extension upward with his glove. Got enough of it to deflect it into the netting. Uh, his best save of the night to that point. And then a couple of nice saves also. There was a quick sequence um, in, in the end of the game, the third period, less than two minutes left, where Igor had to make back-to-back -back saves. I want to say the first one he got with his right pad and the second one he got with his left shoulder. I mean, he was just fantastic. And while we're talking about the last couple of minutes of this game, I also want to give some props to Mika Zibanejad because people get on him from time to time. Uh, he was fantastic defending in the last you know couple moments of this game. He had two or three really timely clears of the Rangers zone. Uh, of course, he's out there, you know, with the Rangers uh, protecting a one-goal lead in the final minute or two. 
and uh, making some big-time plays for the Rangers. Miko was fantastic the last uh, minute, minute 30, whatever it might have been there. And then, of course, Igor had a shot at the empty net. And, you know, on one hand, you know, he's trying to score on the empty net, right? And if he misses, obviously, it's going to be an icing against the Rangers, and you get a face-off in the Rangers zone. And that's ultimately what ended up happening. But I've got no problem with Igor Shosturkin trying this. He's shown before that he's a great puck handler. He's come close to scoring an empty netter in the past. And on top of that, there was no, like, easy way to get the puck out of the zone here if you're Igor Shosturkin because, you know, th there was no obvious, like, place to go with the puck. I mean, you could put it around the boards and, you know, try to get it to one of your defensemen. Um, but you're certainly not going to pass to the center of the ice. So the best thing to do that the center, the middle of the rink was kind of open and it, it kind of lent itself to Igor taking the shot here. And that's what he did. And like I said, he, we, we've seen him get a little bit closer than he did here. You know, this missed by a good amount. It wasn't like a situation where I think we were all holding our breath when we saw where the puck was going. It's pretty obvious it was going to go wide. Uh, but be that as it may, still love seeing him take a shot at it. And sooner or later, he's going to get one of these. It, it will happen before Igor Shosturkin uh, calls it a career. He might even get more than one. Um, that That's entirely possible as well. And as far as the goalie schedule going forward, you know, I, I've been trying to map this out and, very tempting now after Igor got this shutout here to go right back to him on Thursday against Montreal. I get the feeling the Rangers might do exactly that. I'm going to hold firm, though. I'm going to say go back to Jonathan Quick for Thursday's game because he's played very well also. Um, it's a game against the Canadians. It's a game where the Rangers should be able to win it. I mean, the Canadians just have not had a very good season so far. No matter which goalie is in, that they should have the upper hand. And I think it's also kind of empowering to the, the players where – uh, as a coaching staff, you, you basically send a message. Yeah, we could put either one of these guys in the net on any given night, and we're just going to win anyway. On top of that, I think uh, the, the game after that is the stadium series game against the Islanders. I think you want to give that game to Igor Shesterkin. He's your franchise goalie. And yeah, that game means the same amount in the standings as any other game. But you know the players really enjoy that experience, and I think Igor deserves it. And then after that, for the rest of the month of February, you've got a lot of divisional matchups. You know, I know they play the Devils once. Uh, they play the Flyers once. They play the Jackets twice. You've also got a heavyweight matchup against the Dallas Stars. So I think you're going to be using Igor quite a bit there. So I think Thursday, I would go with Quick. I kind of get the feeling they may go with Igor, though, and they might try to ride this out for as long as they can and then go with Igor again uh, for the stadium series. But we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, in just a second, we're going to turn our attention to the Ranger New Look Power Play units and talk about how they fared, which was not really all that good. They probably gave away more scoring chances than they created, but um, obviously there's going to be some growing pains, uh, you know, with them going with different combinations of players than they've typically been going with. Uh, we will get to that, the Ranger power play, and a bunch of other stuff in just a second. But first, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Also want to let everyone know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now you can find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. All right, so let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. Like I said, I wanted to shift our attention to the power play unit. It's another one of those topics that regardless of how it went in this game, I knew we were going to spend some time on it because obviously Ranger power play has really struggled lately. And in practice, they mixed things up and they started the game with a couple of new look power play units. We briefly went through the, uh, the quintets for each of the two new power play units. And here they are again for anybody that missed our last episode. You got the first power play unit of... Adam Fox, Blake Wheeler, Chris Kreider, Johnny Brodzinski, and Mika Zabanjad. The second unit, or what's at least listed as the second unit, Eric Gustafson, Artemi Panarin, Vincent Trocek, Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco. You know, I was talking in our last episode about how strange it looks to see Artemi Panarin not on the Rangers' top power play unit while players like Johnny Brodzinski and Blake Wheeler are, and that still is kind of the case. It's kind of semantics right now between these two power play units because I get the feeling the reason Peter Laviolette put these uh, two lines together, I mean, first and foremost, obviously, to try to jumpstart the power play any way that he can. But I get the feeling that if they do go with these two quintets going forward, and these are your two power play units, that you're going to see, at least at the beginning, a pretty even split of time on the ice when it comes to power plays because the talent is very evenly distributed, and I don't think you want to limit power play time or severely limit power play time for guys like Adam Fox, guys like Artemi Panarin, guys like Mika Zibanejad. So again, I, I think there will be a fairly even split if they stick with these units going forward. And honestly, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but they didn't even stick with these units through this entire game. More on that in just a second. Um, But again, as far as like, which is technically the first unit, which is technically the second unit, it's semantics. I, I think that'll kind of sort itself out over time. Once again, if they do stick with these combinations, it's kind of how, you know, we still call the Panarin line, at even strength, that's still known as the second line, even though we all know anybody that's watched this team this year, you guys know that's been the Rangers' best line, Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere, but we still kind of call them uh, the, the second line, or at least I do. I, I think most Ranger fans do as well. Unfortunately, with all that said, this is not the best night for the Ranger power play. Just did not look good at all. The, the scoring opportunities just weren't there. The shots on goal weren't even there. Uh, they struggled in just about every aspect, uh, even trying to gain the zone or set up shop in the attacking zone. They basically went 0 for 2 on the power play on this night. I know that technically it's going to go into the books as 0 for 3, but the second of their three power plays only lasted like 18 or 19 seconds, whatever it was. And obviously that that's not really a lot of time to do anything. And when that happened, you know, Panarin and Lafreniere were both in the penalty box for a scrum that happened in this game. We'll talk about that more in a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's not much of a power play. So we're going to focus on the first and third power plays, the ones that the Rangers had uh, the full two minutes for. And again, for what it's worth, the unit that is listed as the top power play uh, quintet, once again, they started the man advantage for the Rangers. And again, that's Fox, Wheeler, Kreider, Brodzinski, Mika Zibanejad. And, you know, I, like a lot of you, I'm sure was very curious to see how this would work. Um, which power play unit would get the start, how long before, you know, they go off for a change. And this power play, by the way, was all set up by a strong drive to the net by Will Cooley. He got taken down. Cooley had a fantastic game. We're going to talk more about him in a little bit as well. But as far as this power play, you know, again, to just kind of recap the team struggles, 
No power play goals in any of their last six games. It's now any of their last seven games. Um, the good news, I suppose, is that they've been winning despite that. Five straight wins now, despite uh, not scoring any power play goals. Um, but you've got, again, the, the top unit is out there. They're listed as the top unit. And a couple of quick clears by Calgary. Again, they, they just can't really seem to get anything set up. There's this new look top unit for the Rangers. They change units. And so you've got Trocek, Panarin, Lafreniere, Gustafson, and Kako. Uh, this line change occurred maybe 40 seconds or so into the power play. And usually when they have, you know, that super stacked top power play unit with the same five guys that it always is, usually that line is out there for more than double that amount of time. You know, they're out there for a minute 20, minute 30, minute 40, sometimes the entire two minutes of the power play. So it was interesting to see um, them change units so quickly here. But then, um, you know, just not a whole lot happening. You've got Panarin making a pass across the ice uh, to the right side to Lafreniere. This is as close as the Rangers came to scoring on the power play the entire net, entire night, excuse me. Um, but Lafreniere kind of fanned on his shot and no shots on goal for the Rangers for this entire two-minute power play. So not a great start. It is worth noting, though, that the Flames came into this game right number three in the league in penalty kill. So that's obviously, you know, a tough unit that the Rangers are going up against with these new combinations. But even so, I uh, just didn't look very good. And then the third uh, opportunity that the Rangers had on the power play. Interestingly, LaViolette went back to the traditional power play units. You had, again, the same five players that it always is. You had Mika, Kreider, Panarin, Trocek, and Fox. And, um, you know, maybe the idea behind this is that you can, you're in a spot here where it's getting late in the game and you're up by a goal and you'd love to have that second goal. So you want your best guys out on the ice because you think that they give you the best chance of scoring on the power play. But if that's the case, then why change the power play units at all, right? I would have liked to have seen the Rangers give these uh, new look combinations another opportunity here. Maybe somebody comes through. Um, we'll never know for sure now because they went back to the same five. And this power play, you thought the first one was bad. This was atrocious. Um, it started uh, after Blake Wheeler drew a penalty against uh, against you know the the um, the Flames, and you have Mika Trocheck, Fox Panarin and Kreider out there. So again, the normal power play unit. Uh, the Flames get a clear. Uh, Mika made a back pass and that missed, and it went out of the out of the uh, Flames zone. Uh, Adam Fox goes back to get it. He turns the puck over. Sharon Govich goes to the net. Igor pokes it away. The Flames keep possession. There's a slap shot by the Flames, saved by Igor. So this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, where the Rangers were allowing more scoring chances on their power play than they were creating. And then you add Mika and Fox, another miscommunication. They gave the puck away again. Um, the second unit got back out there with about 25 seconds to go on the power play. So this is kind of right back to everything that had been going wrong for the Rangers on the power play um, you know, prior to this game. Obviously, this is very much a work in progress right now. I do hope that they continue to give these new combinations a chance. I mean, if you try it for just one power play and then just say forget it and go back to the original units, I, I just don't know what the point of that would even be to even try that in the first place. Um, clearly, you need to give them more of an opportunity to gel, you know, these new power play line mates than just one power play. I think that pretty much goes without saying. So we'll see if they uh, stick with it going forward. But Obviously, you know, again, there could be some growing pains if they stick with these units, but I'd love to see how it turns out. I hope they don't pull the plug on this after just one so-so uh, showing on the literal first and only power play that these new combinations got to play together. But we'll see how it goes. 
uh, going forward. In just a second, we're going to turn our attention, though, to the unsung hero uh, of this game for the Rangers. I have a pick for that. We're also going to talk about Adam Edstrom subbing in for Tyler Pitlick. Uh, the Rangers also made a transaction. We'll talk about that. And there were some fisticuffs in this game as well. As has been the case recently, these Rangers and Flames games just seem to have a little bit of, of everything. It, it's kind of an out-of-nowhere rivalry. And uh, it's been a lot of fun watching these two teams battle over the past couple of seasons here. But like I said, we'll get to all that in just a second. First, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and much, much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. I want to uh, talk a little bit about this and that to conclude today's episode here, beginning with our unsung hero of the game. I'm going to go with Blake Wheeler. I thought he was very active early in this game. You know, He didn't end up on the score sheet or anything like that, but he ended up with five shots on net for the Rangers, had a couple of good opportunities to score. The fact that he was looking to shoot is obviously very refreshing as well. The Rangers have kind of had a an epidemic of passitis recently, and uh, nice to see Blake Wheeler being willing to pull the trigger and shoot the puck. He tied for Vincent Trocek uh, for most shots on goal for anybody on the Rangers, once again with five apiece. He also had one hit in 13 minutes and 36 seconds of ice time, and he really should have scored. He got absolutely robbed by Markstrom, and Markstrom robbed a couple of guys on the night. Uh, he got Trocek at least once. Trocek was kind of hanging his head. Uh, Kreider had a chance to bury one in deep, and he was not able to do so, although that one might have been going just wide by Kreider, which caused the, the goal to not be scored more so than Markstrom. But bottom line, Markstrom was fantastic in this game. He only gave up the one goal. Um, but, you know, obviously, again, Blake Wheeler played well. He was putting the puck at the net, and just a better save made on that golden scoring opportunity that Blake Wheeler had. Uh, he received a uh, pass across the ice while he was crashing the net. Wheeler or uh, Markstrom had to move to his left and made a great glove save. And there was also just a phenomenal defensive play made by Blake Wheeler in the third period. At this point, the Rangers are leading one, nothing, always a very, uh, you know, scary lead. It, it's hard to you know score a goal somewhat early and then just maintain a one goal lead, a one, nothing lead the entire rest of the way, which is what the Rangers did. Obviously VZ had the empty netter to seal it at the end there, but the Rangers were playing up by one goal for the majority of this game. And you've got a situation where the Flames, they're being aggressive. It's the third period. They're kind of pushing forward and taking some chances and trying to get that equalizer. And there's a situation where Igor Shesterkin made a save, I believe, with his blocker. Puck goes up into the air, and it's kind of just fluttering there. And it's possible, if Blake Wheeler doesn't see this puck, that it ends up you know, landing on the ice and bouncing into the Ranger net. I don't think it would have landed in the net you know, straight from the air and gone in. But it was going to be in a really tough spot, you know, maybe a couple of inches away from the goal line. And you got Calgary Flames there crashing the net, looking to bury it. But Blake Wheeler wasn't having any of that. Uh, he reaches up. First of all, he hustled to get into position just to be able to do this. And then he reaches up and just swats the puck away uh, with his glove, got it out of harm's way. And then just a few seconds later on this same shift, uh, he ends up drawing a penalty against Calgary because he pressured uh, the Calgary, I believe it was a defenseman at the blue line stole the puck away from him, kind of knocked the puck into the neutral zone, and he might have been off to the races, Blake Wheeler. 
and the Flames player had no choice but to trip him up and prevent uh, what would have been a strong Ranger rush into the Calgary zone. And obviously, the, the power play didn't go very well. I just got done talking about that and how it was basically a disaster. But bottom line here, uh, Wheeler makes an excellent defensive play to possibly prevent a goal and then draws a penalty all in the same shift uh, while the Rangers are protecting a one-goal lead. And of course, yes, the Rangers did not score on the power play, but there's only about seven minutes to go in this game. Calgary's getting a nice push here. They're creating some chances. You kind of uh, short-circuit that momentum for Calgary because now they're shorthanded. And granted, they did get some chances shorthanded, but you know, you take that away from them. You, you take the 5v5 play away from them, and Calgary's got seven minutes to tie this game. And the first two minutes of that now going to be spent shorthanded. So it was a big play by Blake Wheeler. Um, two plays in one, really. The defensive play and then also drawing the penalty. Uh, good stuff from Blake Wheeler. There were a couple other players that obviously I considered, but I thought Blake Wheeler uh, had a strong game, strong showing here. He's kind of, you know, almost kind of like playing above his weight class right now, still being on the top line of an NHL uh, roster. But, I mean, it is what it is. They, they don't have a ton of options there right now. And the way that the third line is gelled for the Rangers, uh, they've looked good recently. I don't know that you want to mess with that. So we'll see what the Rangers do with the deadline. But until then, uh, Blake Wheeler is probably going to be uh, your default number one right winger, uh, at least in the short term here, until the Rangers make a move uh, heading into the deadline. The other uh, bit of news here was that Adam Edstrom subbed into the lineup in place of Tyler Pitlick. Uh, Edstrom, as many of you I'm sure remember, made his NHL debut on December 15th. Tonight, or last night rather, was just his second game for the Rangers, second NHL game overall. Um, Edstrom did score a goal in his NHL debut. And in this game, he's out there on the fourth line, right wing. He's playing with two veterans in Jimmy Vesey and Barclay Goodrow. And I think he did fine. Uh, he was only out there for nine minutes and 23 seconds, which was the lowest time on the ice for any member of the Rangers. But that's to be expected when you're dealing with a rookie playing in his second career game. Um, obviously, his size really stands out. I mean, it's hard to miss this guy when he's on the rink. Um, but he, he did fine for himself. Um, you know, he ended up with three hits in this game. I'm sure Ranger fans love that. So, um, bringing a physicality, uh, aspect did Edstrom and I see no reason for him not to be out there on Thursday against the Canadians. He didn't do anything wrong. Didn't make any mistakes. Uh, he did have a pass get intercepted in the neutral zone, but not an egregious turnover or anything along those lines. So, uh, I for sure would want to see Edstrom get back out there and just see what he can continue to do, uh, for this team. Uh, Matt Rempe was also on the roster, and he actually went out there by himself, apparently, before the game started for the rookie lap when somebody uh, might be making their debut. They allow them to do this, just kind of have the rink to themselves and just kind of take it all in. Uh, Rempe got to do that, but he obviously did not play in this game, and he has since been sent back to Hartford. Just a couple of hours ago, in fact, the Rangers announcing that Rempe was sent back to Hartford. And I see a lot of Ranger fans, why would they even do this? He's not going to play. Why call him up if he's just going to watch from the press box? I'm going to take, you know, Peter Laviolette at his word that they just wanted to take a look at him. They want him to be there in practice, probably, you know, mingle with his teammates a little bit, be around the Rangers NHL team and all the players and um, get just a little taste of NHL action, even if he's not going to be in an actual game. Uh, he got that experience. He didn't miss any games with the Wolfpack as a result of being with the Rangers. So now he heads back to Hartford and, you know, we'll just wait and see if we see him uh, at some point later this season. But he's another one. Uh, just an absolute, you know, tree on skates basically is Matt Rempe. So, um, like I said, we'll we'll see if uh, we'll see if we haven't seen the last of him going forward this season. Something else I want to mention briefly here, and I want to talk about it in more detail in a future episode when we've got a little more time. But third line really gelling, really seeming to come together for the Rangers. Of course, that would be Will Cooley, Johnny Brzezinski, Capo Caco. 
Uh, they combined for the first Ranger goal. You had Kako and Cooley going in on the rush. Uh, Kako went, you know, hard to the net up the right side. Love seeing Kako do this. This is some of the, this is basically the best thing that Capo Kako can bring to the table is his size, his strength, his ability to get to the net, his ability to maintain possession of the puck in the offensive zone. We've talked about that quite a bit, but the willpower here for Capo Kako to get to the net was awesome. It was really on display. Uh, he had Cooley to his left, so he could have tried to force a pass to Cooley. Didn't really look like it was there, though. There was a defender. So I like the fact that Kako said, you know what? I'll be a little selfish. I'm going to take the shot myself. He did that, and then Will Cooley was there uh, to clean up the loose change uh, on the uh, in the crease, you know, just whacking away at it, putting it into the net, uh, giving the Rangers a one to nothing lead, and uh, obviously that lead held. That goal stood up as the game winner uh, by the time this game had concluded. But... Good stuff all around there. And I should shout out Johnny Brodzinski on this play as well, because it all started with him stealing the puck just inside the Ranger blue line. And he left it for Kako and Kako went up the ice and Kako and Cooley took care of the rest, but just good stuff all around from this, uh, this third line for the Rangers. I already mentioned that Cooley drew a penalty on a strong drive to the net. So that was a nice job by Cooley there as well. Uh, he also got a matching minor with Pos Pistol. Is that Pos Pistol? I, I think that's how you say it. That's how Sam was pronouncing it. Uh, they were tangled up behind the net. You know, Cooley plays a physical style. I think the fact that he's a rookie and very young, some players take exception to that from time to time. Uh, but they continued to battle as they were going to their respective benches. They both ended up with matching minors. And then uh, another really strong sequence for this third line in this game, all three of Kako, Brodzinski, and Cooley, they were in on the forecheck. They really went to work uh, during this offensive zone possession for the Rangers. All three of them behind the net in the corner, battling for the puck, working their tails off, doing everything they could to keep that play alive, keep possession alive for the Rangers. And they were indeed able to do exactly that. They didn't score on this play, but it did lead to a very long offensive zone possession uh, for the Rangers and just good stuff all around from this trio. Really like what I'm seeing from them the last couple of games. And especially I would say in this one, uh, just last night. Also got to mention uh, the fisticuffs in this game. It got really chippy after we had pops, pops pistol, <laughs> hitting Panarin, uh, you know, the two of them were kind of going at it. Um, you know, the, the Cal- I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Calgary player hits Panarin in the corner, and, you know, they, they kind of work their way to the front of the net, and they're kind of, you know, jostling for position and kind of going back and forth a little bit. And then uh, the Calgary player shoves Panarin after the play is over, and Panarin goes right back at him, basically starts swinging on him, and then Dewar comes in for the Flames and basically jump Panarin and... You know, we're off to the races. At this point, you know, everybody on the ice is in a scrum. And um, somehow, some way, at the end of all this, the Rangers ended up shorthanded. They gave penalties to Lafreniere, Panarin, and Gustafson. And the Flames only got two penalties. And the guy that, like, was flirting with third man in, Dewar, yeah, he didn't get a penalty at all for the Flames. And to me, it's just ridiculous that you get a situation here where basically all 10 players, all 10 skaters on the ice are, like, tangled up and, and fighting each other. How does one team or the other uh, come away with this on the power play? I, I could see if, you know, one player or another did something really egregious, really over the top, then maybe. But this was just, you know, a run-of-the-mill 5v5 scrum at the end of the play. I don't think that either team should have come away from this um, shorthanded. The good news, though, is that Jacob Truba made a fantastic play right after the Flames' uh, power play had begun. He stole the puck near the blue line, and he was going to be off to the races. And kind of similar to what happened with Wheeler a little bit later in the game, uh, the Flames had no choice but to trip up Jacob Truba to prevent a rush. 
And um, that led to the teams playing four aside and obviously nullified the Flames' power play before it even really got started. So, uh, yeah, you know what? Just just an awesome win for the Rangers. It's a blue-collar, hard-earned win. The game got really intense. There were fisticuffs, uh, obviously a low-scoring game. And the most important thing of all, Igor Shosturkin seemingly finding his game, hopefully getting back on track. And we'll see how the Rangers look to deploy both him and Jonathan Quick going forward. Very curious to see who's in net on Thursday against Montreal. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. We are closing in on 2,500 subscribers, so I'd very much appreciate if uh, if anybody's listening to this, you haven't subscribed yet, please do the show a favor and do exactly that. And um, yeah, thank you guys to those that have already subscribed. And uh, here's to uh, soon hitting 2,500 subscribers. So thank you guys again very much for that. And I will see you next time.